Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, pre-recording from the home bunker. Folks, I am taking a bit of a respite, but as always, I leave you with some of my conversations with the brightest minds that we pre-taped to deliver to you this week. And coming up is my conversation with one of my favorites, and I know one of yours as well, Ellie Mistal. And Ellie and I get into a conversation all about Trump and his legal woes. As we recorded this, we were still on indictment watch, but breaking news Um, had happened that a third defendant was, in fact, indicted alongside Donald Trump and Will Nada. And so when I get into this conversation with Ellie, we're talking about the mountain of evidence in front of us. We're talking about the three cases, the documents case, the insurrection case and Fonnie Willis's, you know, can you find me 1100 and 741 votes case. So we are going through all of that. And then we touch a bit upon, you know, one of our favorite artists, at least a favorite artist when I was growing up and how he has apparently just had a lobotomy. And so we get into some pop culture as well. I hope that you enjoy this conversation with one of Woke AF's faves, Ellie Mistal. Folks, I am so excited to welcome back to Woke AF after just too long of a time away. Um, which is our friend Ellie Mistal, who is the justice correspondent for The Nation and the author of Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. Um, and just all around, I don't know what the fuck we call Twitter these days. Is it X? Is it 
you know, trash. It is trash. It um, is trash. But you you make it a place still worth going. I will say that, Ellie. Oh, don't put that. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Let me not put that X on you. My bad. Um, so, Ellie, you know, I, I want to talk to you because I just... There are times when I wish that I had not listened to the old white male professor who told me I wasn't smart enough to go to law school and that I actually went. And it is times when I'm trying to understand how much legal trouble a normal person whose name wasn't Trump would be in uh, if they had all of these indictments that have already come out and one big one still that is looming, actually two big ones that are looming if you're also looking at the state of Georgia. Um, but walk us through because it's potential it, the, the the potential of Donald Trump being indicted for a third time um, while people are listening to this is very high. Um, yeah. So so please walk us through where we are in the insurrection case so as not to get people confused with the other indictments that the yeah. former twice impeached president has. Yes. I mean, look, a normal person would be in jail like eight times over by this point. A normal person's children would probably be in jail at least twice over by this point. Um, the normal rules simply don't apply to Trump. The white rules does do. And that's kind of how where we start with. Right. Um, th this indictment that's coming from Jack Smith, potentially already out from Jack Smith, uh, coming at the time that it, we're recording. Um to me, this is the big one. This is the one that we should have been working towards since January 7th, uh, uh, 2021. Now, there has been reporting about how Merrick Garland has slow walked the investigation and basically kind of did everything he could to get Trump off the hook. But finally, he appointed Jack Smith. I've said on, on other shows, Danielle, that I think I was wrong about Jack Smith. I, I thought he would be kind of another Robert Mueller type. And he has not been a Robert no, Mueller type. No, he has He's not. An actual fucking prosecutor. And he has been putting the wood um, to Trump, not just in the espionage case, but now finally on the January 6th case. We already know that he has interviewed. Basic, he has finally done the work that Garland should have been doing and that the January 6th Select Committee in Congress already did, right? He's finally done the interviews with the Cassidy Hutchinsons and the Mark Meadows and the Steve Bannons. He's gotten all of that information in and he is prepared to charge Trump with a number of, of crimes, right? The, the, the biggest ticket would be kind of conspiracy to deprive um, rights through the color of law. That's basically the trying to intimidate and, and potentially assassinate Mike Pence uh, charge. Like that's, that's what that is. Um, um, he's going to be charged, uh, uh, we believe, uh, with obstruction and, 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 and the fake electors scheme, um, as well. And the, these are the serious ones, not just serious in terms of like legal, uh, uh, jeopardy, but serious in terms of actually holding the man accountable for the coup he tried to pull off against the government like that needs to happen and it looks like that that is finally going to happen the problem danielle is that because there will, always is one ellie right? please it's it's never just good news um the problem is that that accountability that trial over these charges 
will most likely happen in 2025 and will only be allowed to happen if Trump loses again another presidential election where he will again try to steal it and potentially again try to do another coup, right? Like this is all because of the timeline, because of Merrick Garland's slow walking to get us to this point, we are now in a situation where it is just very unlikely that any of these uh, trials are going to happen before the election. And that's not, and there's almost nothing we can do about that. Like the timeline is the timeline. Um, and so Trump will get to run again. But- but but, and, but 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 let me ask you. Let let me ask yeah, this. You want to say right? but why? <laughs> you, I don't even want to say. I will say why. Um. But so you have first in the documents case, Aileen Cannon has set the date for May twenty fourth, twenty twenty four. Right. Yep. Um. And so that is several months prior to the election. Why is it that? And then Donald Trump, prior to that, I believe that Donald Trump it has the uh, another E. Jean Carroll case uh, that I believe is happening in October. Why wouldn't this case, which is going to be heard in Washington, D.C., because it has such a long runway, given Aileen Cannon's timeline, and there is no need for security clearance in the way that the documents case requires security clearance, why wouldn't that be set for the end of the year or January? Because trials take a long time. I mean, it's just like the it, it is it is just true that trials, especially trials of rich white people, take a long time to process through the system. And the defense lawyers remember, like a lot of times, here's here's the thing that listeners have to think about. A lot of times when they hear about um, court cases or trials um, from television news or even most print media, they're hearing about it from the perspective of a prosecutor, right? And the prosecutors are always like, go now, go now, we can do this now. And when they are, when the prosecutors are facing um, criminal defendants who are underfunded, underprivileged, black, Latino, um, the system is very happy to go as quickly as humanly possible um, um, to get uh, 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 black and brown people in jail. But when it happens to white people, the defense attorneys have usually legitimate um, reasons and arguments to delay trial, right? One of the biggest ones is that the defense lawyers need time to go over all of the evidence that the government has and prepare an adequate defense, right? So in the in these cases, we I always argue kind of in favor of the defense because I realize that more often than not, what I'm doing is arguing on behalf of Black and Latino people who are being railroaded through the system, right? So I understand, I guess, the need for defense attorneys to have time to prepare their cases. Is Trump getting more time than normal? It depends on what you think normal is, right? If you think normal is what we do to Black people, then hell yeah, he's getting way more time. Is he getting more time than he should the, the 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 brass tacks of it is, if you look at the espionage case at least, given when Smith was allowed to make these charges, I think May 24th is about the right date. I think that's about the right time. Now, the question is, and I think that, that this is the bigger problem, it's unlike, May 24th is unlikely to hold up, you know? Sorry, May 20th, 2024 is unlikely to hold up because as we get closer to May 20th, 2024, 
um, Trump's lawyers will again ask for a delay. They will say they were overwhelmed. They'll say they'll be they're they're busy running a campaign. They'll say whatever they have to say. And with Trump Judge Eileen Cannon having already shown a willingness to delay this trial um, for six months, it's I think. But un- this is this is why I think that the insurrection case has the potential to go before Aileen Cannon's case. And my feeling is, one, because it's going to be held in D.C. I don't know. And this is a question for you. Who do we think that that judge is? Like, what circuit is this going through? Um, Is that this is actually about this about national security, right? You're talking about somebody who is going to be indicted on charges that I am going to assume one of them may in in fact be seditious conspiracy, which we have seen. Oath Keeper folks and others get charged with and it stick. So I, I, I guess like, am I being too naive, Ellie, in thinking that the fate of our democracy and the person who instigated and incited the riot on the Capitol and told people to overturn the government who is running for election, that that would be cause for a speedy trial. I think you're right. I think it should. I think that the differences in the January 6th case versus the espionage case um, lend itself to a faster timeline than what Eileen Cannon has set up for the espionage case. As you point out, this is happening in D.C. That means that the judge, we don't know what judge will get drawn. It will be a random choice from among the judges that sit on um, in the the DC uh, uh, circuit, right? Um, that circuit is generally pretty split. Um, generally, pre- it's not as conservative as the Florida circuit where Cannon um, was was pulled from. Is not as conservative as like the Fifth Circuit if it was out in Texas or Louisiana. It's a pretty pretty evenly split uh, uh, circuit, you know. But it's still going to come down to kind of a random dice roll in terms of what who which judge we get right if you get uh an aggressive judge you will have an aggressive timeline and yeah there's there's a good chance that they will set a date before the next election but then the defense lawyers will appeal that date and don't forget that these appeals about the timing of the, of the of the trial could go all the way to the supreme court where mm-hmm. trump has stacked the Supreme Court with his own handpicked judges. Um, Brett Kavanaugh, in particular, is very susceptible to arguments that this is happening too close to the election for us to do anything about it. Like he's made that argument before in cases involving outright racism in electoral um, gerrymandering. Right. So I am not confident that an aggressive timeline will will work in front of Brett Kavanaugh or the other conservatives. So we'll still have to wait and see. But I I think that it is very likely that this trial will somehow, some way, get delayed until after the election. The positive is that... Uh, here is, you know, like, where, where are you going for the positive? Because you have already put my <laughs> feelings and my hopes and dreams in the dumpster along with our democracy. So we're, what 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 road trip are we going on for the positive side, The Ellie? positive is this. The last time Trump lost an election, he should have immediately been thrown into jail for his efforts to overturn it. And obviously the system wasn't ready to do that. Uh, we picked Merrick Garland instead of like a better person. You know, lots of issues happen. 
we weren't ready. The system wasn't ready to throw his ass in jail after he lost the last election. If he loses the next one, the positive here is that I really do believe that if he loses the next election, there will be, you know, tiny little handcuffs waiting for him um, at the end of that road. Like, he needs to win the election to stay out of jail. And if he loses, and he should lose because he's a terrible person and a terrible candidate and blah, 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 blah. If he loses, there should be handcuffs waiting for him. If he loses, and right now we're at a 50-50 fucking toss-up that that is going to be the reality, right? Like, it's 50-50 that Donald Trump doesn't have the maneuvers still to lie, cheat, and steal his way to the White House. Now, I think that the upside, if in fact we call it that, um, because it's not the floor, the upside is that I hope because we have tried the Jurassic Park version where they have touched all of the fences <laughs> and folks have been, you know, are there are 16 fake electors that are being charged in, you know, in Michigan. You've got other people that are being investigated. I think that in my opinion, and I want to talk about this case next, the dragnet, if you will, is coming out of Georgia because I don't think that Trump is the only person that Fonnie Willis is looking at when she's prepared to drop her indictments. And so, again, we our democracy held on by a thread and was tested over 66 times in court with Rudy Giuliani, with these fake electors, with the phone calls. And so I think folks are prepared for what they know could be coming their way. That's the only hope here that and, you know, a fourth indictment the fourth and final, I don't know, coming out of Georgia. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking for hope, that's where we find it, right? Like that people will be more prepared, that our, their elections will be more resilient this time than they were last time. Of course, you also have to worry about the fact that, you know, you one of the reasons why it's so important to prosecute um, people who attempt coups is that if you don't prosecute them and if you don't hold them accountable, they just try it again. And the second time, they're better. So as much as we can say that, like, okay, our elections, our election system should be better prepared to defend itself from Trump, we also have to understand that Trump and his forces will make a better coup attempt round two, having potentially learned lessons from round one. Um, we know that they have done a lot to stack the courts, to stack the secretaries of states. Um, in ways that are amenable to various coup attempts, wh whether the the legal ones, uh, the the quote unquote legal ones of fake electors and whatever, and we all, but we also know that his more violent forces, you know, have also learned some lessons yeah. about how to violently overthrow the government, and we can, we have to at least expect that they will be coming again. Um, you know, we we know, for instance, one of the biggest organizing things that. Trump used to uh, uh, put the coup out there um, with social media. And after, you know, being banned, we know that he now has an ally in uh, Elon Musk in social media, potentially to organize another coup. So like, yes, there are more defenses, but also they're going to be new attacks. And so we have to be, you know, I, I, I am still hopeful that he loses and I'm still hopeful that after he loses, he loses all of his attempts to overthrow the election. But I'd be a fool to think that they're not going to be – it's not going to be like, you know, we're watching TV on November whatever 
and CNN says, and now the winner is declared for, and then that's it, right? We know there's going, even after he loses at the ballots, we know there's going to be another attempt, and hopefully we're prepared for that too. We shall see. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Let's switch gears a little bit just to go down to Georgia, and then I want to go to the Supreme Court. So down in Georgia, you do have Fonnie Willis. You do have another what I deem as another very serious case, right, Um, Mm -hmm. that she's been building. um, And unlike the sloth-like pace of Merrick Garland, she's actually been going full steam ahead uh, for the last two years. So give us your thoughts on where Fonnie Willis is in terms of her um, you know, she gave us an announcement several months ago that said we were to be on the lookout between July and September. Well, we're headed into August now. So what do you think about her case and the timing and then how, again, this all measures up as we head into the fall a year out from the presidential? So I've always thought Georgia had the strongest case because they have the motherfucker on tape trying to overturn the election, right? They've got, like, everybody's heard the tape where he tries to find 11,000 votes, which just happens to be exactly how many he needs to overturn the election. So I've always thought that just kind of evidentiary, that is the strongest case against him. But one thing, and and I do believe that Fonnie Willis has been a dedicated, kind of um, hardworking public servant and is trying to do things the right way. But we have seen that Fonnie Willis is also sensitive to political pressure. And so, you know, we saw um, uh, her say before the midterms that she wouldn't release any news within a kind of zone of secrecy around the midterms so as to not unduly influence the midterm elections, which is not a legal position. It's a political position. So 
you know, not something that I would have done, but okay. So now again, what we, what we worry about with Willis is not whether or not she's going to diligently charge a crime that she can prove, but whether or not that trial comes off before the election. And, you know, if, if Fonnie Willis is not willing to make any announcement within a zone of secrecy around the midterms, you know, is she going to be willing to put this man to trial in, let's say, July 2024, right before the Republican National Convention, where he will be crowned the GOP nominee again? I don't know that. I I don't know that she'll do that. I I don't know that she. I don't know that a judge will let her do. A Georgia judge will let her do that. So again, the the I just am not sure. Despite the immense legal jeopardy he's under. I'm just not sure that any of these trials, the Willis one, either of the Jack Smith ones, I'm not sure that any of them come off before November 2024. So essentially we're fucked, right? And and essentially we've all played into Donald Trump and his lawyer's hands in knowing exactly how they were going to use this, how it was going to be spun, the timeline that was going to be created, and the person to blame isn't just Donald Trump and his lawyers, because we always know the tactics that were going to be made. It is Merrick Garland and his desire to not play politics and play the most insane politics at the same time, which is let me not go after Donald Trump because I don't want to look like this is something partisan. Let me waste 12 months of time. And now we're here. The analogy that I've made with Garland is, is, is like a basketball referee who swallows the whistle and refuses to call a foul. And that referee says like, oh, I'm just trying to be neutral and fair to both sides. I'm not going to call fouls. I'm going to let the games play out. That's not being fair and neutral. That is benefiting the team that fouls. Mm. Right? (laughs) If you don't call the rules correctly, you benefit the team that breaks the rules. And that's Merrick Garland. And his alleged attempt to be non-political, all he's done is completely politicize the process. Um, and that the reason why I've been screaming about Merrick Garland for two years prior to this is because at some point his failure becomes unrecoverable, right? Like you can't, and this is where, where I'm talking about the timeline because of his delays, it's now very hard to squeeze everything in before the election. I mean, Danielle, riddle me this. Okay. Let's say one of these trials goes off and he gets convicted. Is he going to get sentenced? before the election Mm -hmm. is he going to be sent to jail before the election how does that even work are we going to actually send federal marshals to arrest the republican nominee for president eight weeks before the general election is that really something that's going to happen in america because that's going to look like something that happens in you know other in true banana republic countries right so because the timeline has has been so truncated, I just don't know how any of this happens before he's allowed to run again. And so even if he's tried and convicted, if he wins the presidency, he will pardon himself from that conviction. Commute, I think, at that point is what you would call (laughs) what, what he would do. And so he would never face actual accountability, even if he was convicted. And if he's convicted on the state charges where he can't pardon himself, I mean... Again, are the Georgia state troopers going to go arrest the president of the United States? At some point, the practicality kind of 
trumps the theory of the case, right? Yeah. And 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 so that's my problem. That's my that's my worry. Like all of this, all of this looks great on paper, right? But when you act, when it actually comes time to try, convict, and jail this man before the election, I just think it's too late. It wouldn't be too late if we were having this trial right now, right? And that's again where the failure of Garland, where the slow pace of all the investigations really take a take a hold. If you think about where we were at the end of the January sixth select committee process, right? where Trump could have been charged that day based on that final report from the, the Congressional Select Committee, right? Like a, an aggressive prosecutor would have been really ready to charge his ass that day at the end of 2022. Then we're talking about a trial that happens not in May 2024, but May 2023. Yeah, We're talking about a sentencing process that's happening over the summer. We're talking about the legitimate ability to capture and jail this man before Labor Day, a year and a half before the election. And that would have been doable. Now, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, it's very hard to see it happening. God, this was depressing. Uh, well, again, uh, if, he, <laughs> if, he loses, if he loses straight to the pokey, right? Like, <laughs> if he, there, there's no addition. Like, I, the, the, again, the other way to, pos- to, to spin this positively is that Trump is using his last get out of jail free cards. And as long as we don't give him four years for of another one, right? As long as we don't give him another draw um, for those cards, he's going to run out eventually. And we, we should be able to put his ass in jail. Okay. I mean, here's hoping, right? I, I have no faith, but you know, here, here's hoping. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as 
an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of MagicalNegrosFilm.com to get tickets now. Before I let you go, Ellie, I'm going to scrap SCOTUS because, you know, they've scrapped democracy in the country and integrity. Um, But I do want to get to someone who I believe that both of us probably grew up listening to, um, whose music uh, had resonated uh, and who has clearly had a fucking lobotomy. And that is (laughs) the one and only Ice Cube who was just recently uh, filming with none other than Tucker Carlson. Please, take the floor. I would like our friend Torre to do (laughs) one of those big, you know, feature pieces titled From Fuck the Police to Fund the Police, The Punk Bitchification of Ice Cube. I'm texting him right now. Like that, that is what I want to read because how this man has gone from where he was, where he was one of the, what, 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 the, what, what the overeducated black folks like me like to call one of the urban poets who was, you know, talking about police brutality and the devastating effects that it has on the black community to this point where he's kissing their ass. Is it's unbelievable. One of the biggest devolutions that I can think of that I have seen in my lifetime. Now, I have a theory about this, Danielle. Um, I, I call it the special black man theory. Is that th- there are there are you know one of the and this kind of they're going to call me a critical race theorist after this, but like you know one of the issues that I think a lot of black people chafe against is the fact that we're always grouped in with everybody else, right? We're always we're we're always, you know, collectively viewed as if we are a monolithic uh, people, and we're not, right? And some, but some special black men like chafe at that more than others, right? And so then their idea is just that whatever most black people are doing, they got to do something different just to prove that they special. They not like the rest of us, right? Oh, my and gosh. so you could argue. And this is why I want, again, a, a, a scholar like Torre to kind of explain it to me. You could argue that maybe he was never really about fuck the police. Maybe he was always just about being special. Just just saying that special thing that makes him a little bit different than the other black. And so now it actually, so maybe it's not incongruous. Maybe it actually perfectly tracks. He was fucked the police when the most black people were like, okay, we have to have police. What can we do? And now that most black people are like, you know what? Fuck the police. He's like, oh, actually, no, Tucker and I tan our balls together. Like, because he's just oh trying to be like that special guy. Like, that's my that's my theory, but I have not studied. And so I want somebody to explain it to me who has. I mean, but I think that everything that you just laid out is right. Maybe. We're the ones that got it wrong. And he just wanted to be a standout. And so at a time in the 80s and early 90s, he was going to be that standout with fuck the police. But maybe we too closely associated his rapping in the way that like Chuck D of Public Enemy actually is that fucking guy. Right. Who believes what it is that he is rapping about and has always, right, been that rapper of thought. And so maybe it fell on the rest of us that this motherfucker has just been a performer, 
that has played the industry, played his fans, and this is who he is. Maybe for Ice Cube, that was just a song, man. It was wow. like, like you, you, you write a song for for Kesha, and she's gonna sing it, and it's gonna be awesome. And maybe that's all it was for him. It was just a song, you know. And and and, and it wasn't, you know. He's not, as you say, he's not Chuck D. He's not KRS One. Right. He's not one of these guys who actually live that life or or or, or, or live that progressiveness. Um, he was just a guy singing a song. He was just a guy singing a song. How fucking sad. <laughs> I want my money but, back. But I don't know. I I, 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 I I want a deeper dive into what's happening. Because, and the other thing, Danielle, is, and, and you know, we're, we're old enough and black enough to have seen this before. <laughs> like, you know, there, there is always the, like, uh, um, Negro gets a bit of money and loses their damn mind, right? Like, they get a bit of money. Yeah. And, and it, it's like, you know, the black people... Who, when they meet the IRS for the first time as an adult, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, I, what are these taxes? I don't like these. Ronald Reagan told me, and that's how it happens, right? Like, it's not uncommon for people of any race, color, or creed to get a little bit more conservative as they get older and get more money and start to try to figure yeah. out how to keep it. That's right. not uncommon and right maybe this is just a kind of extremist a stream extremophile version of that you know normal aging process i don't know well i'll just tell you breaking news Torre just said good idea <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait so, so you know folks will have to wait and see this is how um, I geek out, Danielle. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be able to read something. Like, I want to read more yep. about what the hell is going on. Yep. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what because I have to I have to text them like in the moment. So we will see. Uh, we we will see. Uh, where that goes. But you know, you could be right. If for Torre, you know, I mean, for 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 Torre, this would be the interview I'd want to see. But for Ice Cube, maybe that's the title of it. It was just the song. We we took it too seriously, evidently. (laughs) Uh, As always, my friend, Ellie Vistal, it is a a joy and a pleasure when you bring the bad news, but you bring it with such passion and flair to Woke AF. I always appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people. Power, get woke, and stay woke as fuck. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.